Welcome to B2B Marketers on the Mission, a podcast for B2B marketers that helps you to question the conventional, think differently, disrupt your industry, and take your marketing to new heights. Each week, we talk to B2B marketing experts who share inspirational stories, discuss their thoughts on trending topics, and provide useful marketing tips and recommendations. And now, here's your host and co-founder of I'm Like Consulting, Christian Klepp. All right, folks, welcome to this episode of B2B Marketers on the Mission podcast, where you get your weekly dose of B2B marketing insights. This is your host, Christian Klepp. And today I am thrilled to welcome a guest into the show who is on a mission to deliver podcasting services that turn B2B tech marketers into, what does he call them? Content marketing superheroes. So Mr. Justin Brown, welcome to the show, sir. Yeah, Christian, thanks for having me. It's a pleasure, Justin. So let's just um, get the show on the road. You know, you've been running a successful business for a while now, and it's a company called Motion, where you uh, use, in your in your words, use podcasts to help B2B tech companies act like media companies, which, which makes sense. And you do that by repurposing the podcasts into premium audio, video, and written content. So talk to us about why you believe that's so important and why B2B tech firms should use that approach. Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, it, it's no secret that, you know, using pillar type content, whether it's webinars, going to an event and capturing interviews and being able to repurpose content to use in a variety of ways is an approach that good B2B marketers, especially on the content side, uh, have been doing for years. And what my firm stumbled into a few years back was producing a podcast for ourselves. And we had always struggled to be able to stay consistent on content marketing initiatives, whether they were working, not working, pivoting, having time, whatever. And being a content marketing agency at the time, we realized how much great stuff you could get out of a podcast. So the way that we really help organizations is my, my company, uh, you know, we have a very specific niche where we play is with, you know, marketing teams at B2B tech or SaaS companies with marketing teams of one to five. Um, and that's really where we help is, you know, you have these marketers, you know, maybe it's a CMO team of one, or, you know, there's a director of marketing and maybe two junior level marketers. And they are just tasked with so many initiatives from, you know, the demand gen strategy to any paid strategy to, you know, running a newsletter to whatever it may be. They have so many things on their plate compared to, you know, enterprise level companies. And what we found with our clients is that by using a podcast and very specifically a video podcast in most situations, by capturing that piece of 30 to 40 minute content, they can just turn it into so many things. They can turn an episode into show notes. It'll be 500 to 1,000 words, uh, a, a, you know, a longer form article um, that could be 1,500 to 2,000 words, you know, filling into your blog strategy. Then you've got your, um, you know, bite-sized video content that you're pulling out of that. Maybe it's a couple of videos there. Um, and then you've got imagery that you can use, pulling out quotes. Uh, then you can embed those things into places on your website. So what we're really finding is, you know, these, these SaaS companies that are, that have these small marketing teams and, and these are their words, not mine. You know, they've used, you know, getting the amount of juice out of the squeeze, or I really feel like I'm punching above my weight class, um, really turning organizations that have historically had issues putting together a really formidable content marketing strategy 
are just getting so much out of podcasting. And what we try to do is we really take out that middle piece, which is the content creation of the written content. So show notes, feature articles, the video content, the promo videos, the full-length videos for YouTube, uh, the actual audio piece itself, images, LinkedIn sliders. Our, our clients on, on average get um, eight to 10 pieces of content out of every 30 to 40 minute episode. And really what we be, we've become in a lot of our clients is their main or you know top two, I don't know, but usually their main strategy for content creation. Yeah, that was a really good answer. I mean, you know, a lot of the things you said um really um really resonated with me, and it's uh you, you know it's so true though. Like um you, you know with regards to the sweet spot that I believe you've, you've identified, it's targeting these companies where um they're just expected to wear multiple hats, right? Yeah. And and smaller teams that are expected to function like media companies per se, right? So that's that's basically where you where somebody like you or you know your capabilities and experience can go in and help them. Right. And a lot of times they're actually not expected to act like media companies, but the problem is, is they're trying to track down and chase down uh, bigger organizations that may be industry best in their space. And it's very difficult for them to create content on the level of an organization that may have 40 people in marketing with, uh, you know, an eight person content team, three writers, a full-time video person, and you're yeah. a team of two and you're going head to head with these enterprise level organizations and you're trying to compete. And what our clients have found is that through podcasting, they are able to function like that media organization. You know, you hear it in B2B all the time yeah. is, is, act like this, right? Well, the problem is, is that people don't have the resources to do it. I, I mean, I think everybody wants to do it. Everybody wants to execute on the best practices that you hear across B2B all the time. The problem is time, budget, and just overall resources to be able to do that. And so what our clients are finding is that they're on these small teams and the podcast gets them the most traction, you know, from a content creation standpoint versus anything else um, that they're doing. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, you know, there was something you said in the past couple of minutes that, um, you know, got my attention. I just want to throw this question out, uh, out to you there. Do you believe, um, you probably get this question all the time too. Do you believe that um, people's attention spans are short and therefore you have to make content that's shorter? No, not at all. Yeah. Um, what are your I thoughts on that? So I, I believe that people consume content differently. Mm -hmm. um, and, and, and I think different people consume content differently. I think people consume content differently in the different environments that they're in on a day-to-day -day basis. So um, I'm not someone who can listen to music or listen to podcasts while I work, um, but I may be on LinkedIn and I may consume a two-minute video. Now, when I go outside and I'm mowing the lawn, I'll listen to a podcast. Um, now, when I'm sitting on the couch with my fiance and we're watching a show together and, you know, it's not like a drama where we're like super into it. It's just some, you know, like, you know, reality TV or whatever. Well, I'm not going to throw in headphones and listen to a podcast while we're spending time together, but I may be on my phone and I may read something. I'm not going to watch a video because I'm watching something on TV. So I may pull up your show notes and read about what your episode is so that I can queue it up for later. Um, there are people out there who 
just don't listen to podcasts. There are people out there who the only medium that they really consume from a business standpoint is podcasts and audiobooks. So the reason that we produce written video, audio, image-based content is so that you can be in front of people in every possible way that they consume content. And, and there's nothing that you're kind of leaving on the leaving on the table where if you just produce an audio podcast, well, the only people you're going to get are people who consume audio podcasts in the specific environment in which they do that um, versus setting yourself up with the opportunity to be in front of people wherever and whenever they're consuming anything business related. Yeah, no, that's a really good point that you bring up in terms of the different formats or forms of content, because it's, you know, you're trying to like, develop them based on per people's preferences because you know you, you always heard it like you know growing up going to school like you know some people are visual learners some are audio learners mm -hmm. and what have you yeah. exactly i mean and i think that's the same way for the way that people consume content and, and, mm -hmm. and people hear podcasts and they just automatically think it's this audio channel and i just vehemently disagree i think it's a channel in which you are capturing longer form content no different than writing a long form blog article that you're going to break down into smaller pieces or you know video content that you capture over a few days at an event that you're going to slice up into um, different videos it's the same idea but it has a super low barrier to entry where it's uh, you know conversations a lot of times that are you're having anyway, you're just kind of hitting the record button, uh, having a nice intro, outro, and a theme of the show, and and, and then cutting that up into bite-sized pieces that you could distribute different places. And then, of course, you want people to go consume, you know, the full episode. And if you're doing a good enough job on your distribution of those smaller assets that you hope that people will go find your show and search it out. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, there's this nice little, like, tool on the back end of, you know, all these guys, um, you know, in the podcasting world. You got your well, whatever platform you're using, um, and you can see um, whether somebody's like listened to the entire, um, you know, episode from start to finish or not. Right? You've got the completion rates. All right. Okay. I mean, on on the topic of producing content in its various forms, right, Justin? You've been doing this for a while. You've probably seen it all. So just talk to us about some of these common mistakes and misconceptions that you know you've seen out there when that B2B tech companies make um, in terms of repurposing content from podcasts and what you think needs to be done to address these? You know, I think that first and foremost, something that we're just seeing is that, I mean, people just don't know where to start when it comes to a podcast. Um, you know, people don't know how to get it up on as simple as getting it up on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and places like that, which, you know, for us, we look at and we're like, that's, that's the easy part. Um, and then I think from there, you know, just trying to make content that uh, differentiates you. Um, I think if we're talking about the full length episodes, I think there's a lot of stuff out there that is very similar to each other. Um, I think that, you know, something that I try and stay away from is just having conversations like, you know, I appreciate the way that this episode is going where it's like, okay, you know, we're not just chit-chatting. You're asking me very specific questions about a thing, which is podcasting within a space for B2B marketers um, so that they can listen to this and actually hopefully take something away. Um, and then in terms of the actual, you know, the, the work that goes into it, it's, not only editing the episodes, but then creating the repurposed content. And so what we've found is that, um, 
you know, where people really struggle is that they take on this new initiative that they don't know much about. Um, so they have to learn a lot in terms of what it takes to, you know, get it live and, and, and cut the audio, which isn't the hardest thing in the world. But when you're learning all these new things, it's like every single thing is, is learning something new. Um, and people spend so much time learn, you know, they, they task, we'll see it, right. They task some junior person, like let go and get a, make us a podcast, and and that person's like, okay, I'm going to go learn how to make a podcast. And a lot of times that person's like really excited about it at first, right? Like I used to do this like new cool thing. Podcasting is hot. It's hip. Like that's awesome. And then just like there's pod fade, which is a real term that, you know, basically the average podcast last five episodes or less, just like there's, there's pod fade for, you know, your average person who wants to go and, you know, do a, um, you know, do a, a podcast about the show Friends and it lasts three episodes because they're doing it for, for funsies and after three episodes they're exhausted. Um, the same thing happens with y- your employees is that they spend so much time trying to learn how to create a podcast, learn something new. And then it's, it's pretty redundant work where, I mean, you're cutting audio and you're publishing it. And then if you have time, you're then editing, you know, editing and pulling out clips and whatever it may be. And, you know, it's, it's less than, uh, less than exciting for those folks who most of the time are marketers by trade who wanted to do a job that's going to drive revenue, that's going to drive results. And, you know, the, the podcast definitely can do that, but if you're on just the, the, the content creation side and not the distribution and execution side, um, it can be pretty thankless work. And so, you know, what we try to do and what we try to tell people that we do is that, um, you know, we, we allow marketers to market. We, we take away that, that actual creation part um, because we, we're watching marketers spend so much time creating that they don't spend any time marketing. Um, and they don't have the time to actually take this amazing thing that they made and go get it in front of people. Um, and so I think that is probably the biggest misconception or struggle that I see is that, you know, A, people don't know what goes into it. And then B is by the time they figure out what goes into it, they're they're exhausted uh, by the work that it took. And, and it doesn't end up getting in front of as many people um, a, as you would have hoped. And those are all genuine, um, you know, uh, challenges and pain points that uh, a lot of people out there are struggling with, right? And um, you probably, um, this next question is probably for somebody like yourself, uh, a given, but I, I, I see it out there in the space, right? Do you feel that a lot of guys or a lot of folks out there are struggling with repurposing content and what to repurpose because they don't understand who it is that's listening to this stuff or, or like the target audience, like the viewers, the listeners? Well, okay. So like two prong answer is what I, I think people struggle with repurposing content period. I, mm-hmm. mean, I think people struggle with creating the content before it even needs to get repurposed. I mean, you, you see that uh, creating a podcast is hard. Um, I, I'll be the first person to tell you that I, I'm lucky that I, I have a team that works with me on my podcast and uh, I have a team that works on my clients podcast, but the actual execution of a podcast is very difficult. And if you think about the way that my business operates, you know, 
I have a different person who edits the audio. I have a different person who writes the article. I have a different, and, and a lot of time that person who writes the article then writes the show notes. The show notes then go into how we're uh, creating the images, like a LinkedIn slider or a quote card. And then on top of that, you know, maybe we have an episode card. Then on top of that, we have a different person who's creating the video. I've got like six people at this point who've had their hands on one episode. So for one person to create anything is very difficult. And I didn't even mention the audio piece is a different person. This is a sound person. Um, and so, you know, I've got six people who are touching one episode. Um, so I think on, on the front end of answering your question, not only do I think repurposing is hard, I think it's just hard for anyone. And there's a reason if I go back to pod fade, I, th I think there's a reason why that exists is because the actual just creation of the podcast itself is a challenge for people to find the time. Now, um, you talked about, you know, getting in front of the right people people struggle with niching their pod, niching anything, um, because people are afraid if you niche down and you, you find a specific audience that you're going to alienate people. And that's something that we talk about all the time, which is it's the way to break through. Um, we had to do it with our business. And so if you, if you just look at my background as one of the co-founders of Motion, uh, when we first started, we were a video production agency and we said we were video for business, which in and of itself is very broad. At the time, we thought that was too broad. What about nonprofits? What about associations? What about um, professional, you know, a professional services company or, and that's probably not the best example, or a healthcare organization. And they don't really consider themselves a business, you know, because they work in healthcare. So then we just became a video agency for anyone and we can help anybody. And, you know, it made it very challenging to win contracts at times because we weren't specialized. And when we went down this podcasting path and we decided to niche our business, I mean, we went very narrow. We are a podcast agency that works with B2B technology companies with marketing teams of one to five. And that's also who our podcast speaks to. And what it's led to happen for us is that we've had more interest in our business than ever before because an entire segment of people know that we speak directly to them. The problem is there are I mean, Buzzsprout is the hosting platform that we use, which is one of many. I mean, there are 105,000 podcasts in Buzzsprout. I don't know, one to two million podcasts in the world. I don't know if that number is accurate. Sounds accurate enough. Um, yeah, but yeah, it's accurate. Yeah, there's one to two million podcasts in the world, and you're going to go make a podcast that is a marketing podcast. Mm. Good luck. Good luck. There are so many people out there who have marketing podcasts. You need to narrow in on who you speak to. So when it comes to creating repurposed content, I mean, I think it goes to the theme of your show of who does your show speak to? And then that, and then when you create the repurposed content, all that repurposed content should focus on is helping that segment of people. So again, you know, my podcast, if you look at it, uh, which is called recorded content, by the way, so my podcast speaks to, and if we go back to my company, and I'm going to even narrow it down a little bit, but my podcast speaks to marketers on teams of one to five at B2B technology companies who have an interest in podcasting. So like, I'm like six layers down. And now I'm not going to say that I know everything, but like, you know, I had Chris Lockhead 
on my podcast, who's the um, you know author of Play Bigger and who also wrote a book on it, niching down. Um, and you know, he he talks about it all the time. So this isn't just coming from me. In, in the way to break through in today's landscape of podcasting, and look, I'm not a business consultant, so I'm not going to tell you what to do with your business. But on the podcast side, if you want to differentiate your podcast. You need to speak to a very specific audience. Then from there, and here's another great example that I have, the ABM Conversations podcast with a good friend of mine. They started out very niche. I mean, early on before like B2B podcasting became as huge as it is now, and they were having conversations with B2B folks about ABM. Um, And as their show grew and evolved, they were able to broaden out. And there's this like common misconception that you should that people think they need to start broad and then figure out who their audience is. And what I've seen is the people who start very narrow have the ability to grow and then you can grow into something more broad. And now he's, you know, interviewing people like um, Seth Godin or whoever else it may be. I mean, he had, I mean, he had Guy Kawasaki on, like he has huge ballers come onto his show that aren't necessarily talking about ABM anymore, but he started there. He started super narrow, the narrow audience of people who then loved his show. I mean, people ask, people buy t-shirts off of him. People interact with him directly and ask him all about new topics. And and he has like this community of people that he has built this relationship with all from starting very narrow And, and everything that he built out of it was very narrow. And now he's been able to go more broad. Um, so I think when you're thinking about repurposed content, it should be how does this content that I'm pulling out of my episode and every one of the questions that you ask should be around that set around that segment. And it's not meaning it doesn't also doesn't mean that you need to have always like guests that are very specific to your segment, but you need to just tie tie it back into how your show helps these people. I like having crazy different people on my show and then talking to them about. Um, how they've used content or what have you. My, my most recent episode, I had an NFT artist uh, come on, but I talked to him about how every night during the pandemic, seven days a week, he ran uh, a live podcast on YouTube at, at 10.23 PM, every single night, seven days a week, he ran this live show and it put him on the map and just the idea of consistency and talking about how consistency helped him to break through. Now, he's not a B2B person, but the content could still be valuable to a B2B marketing audience that's trying to understand and get across the value of consistency and why a podcast matters, maybe to a CEO or something like that. So niche, getting narrow, focusing on your audience with everything you do. Yeah, no, that's absolutely right. Uh, it, was, it was such a great answer too. And yes, um, Yag, uh, Yageshwaran Ganesh, I think is his name. Yeah, he's, he's, he's made quite quite some waves on, <laughs> not just in ABM, but just in, in in the B2B marketing world online in general. I would say. Right. Hey, it's Christian Klepp here. We'll get back to the episode in a second, but first, is your brand struggling to cut through the noise? Are you trying to find more effective ways to reach your target audience and boost sales? Are you trying to pivot your business? If so, book a call with Einblick Consulting. Our experienced consultants will work with you to help your B2B business to succeed and scale. Go to www.imblake.co for more information. Um, I'd like to get your thoughts on this. And this is something we uh, discussed in a previous conversation. It was, a, um, it was something you posted on LinkedIn, um, I believe it was July 13th. And that 
that was regarding a topic that many podcasters think about, myself included, right? So the question is, it's, it's one of these to be or not to be questions, yeah? To monetize or not to monetize? What are your thoughts? Yeah, for sure. So July 13th on LinkedIn, uh, that's like a, that's like an eternity ago. <laughs> right. Um, but uh, yeah, so, so to answer your question, um, so I was in a situation recently where I was talking to someone and they were talking about monetizing their podcast. Um, and they got advice from someone who was uh, a CEO of a company. And that CEO said, do not monetize your podcast. And now this person was running is running their own podcast, right? Like a, a side side project type podcast that they're that you know they're just running because they enjoy doing it. And I don't monetize my podcast because I'm also the owner of a company. And when I first heard that, I was like, yeah, you know, I, I agree. Like you shouldn't monetize your podcast. You should be trying to, you know, cultivate an audience and bring value and ungate content and all the BS that you always hear. And then I disagreed with myself because I realized why, why do I have a podcast? I have a podcast to fuel my content marketing strategy for my business so that people will buy from me. I'm selling something. So I don't need to monetize my podcast because the thing I'm selling are podcast services. But for an individual who's running their own podcast, for me to say you shouldn't monetize because what are they set like what are they getting out of it? I guess an elevation in their career maybe where people think this person is better because they have a podcast. And I just don't necessarily know that I agree with that logic because at the end of the day, I'm selling something with my podcast. Uh, I'm selling my expertise. And my goal is, you know, is a hope that one day the people who listen will buy from me. So, I mean, I think that it's very circumstantial. I don't think there's a clear cut answer. Um, and I think every situation is probably a little bit different and it, and it probably comes down to, is this a business podcast? And when it comes to a business podcast, I mean, I don't think that you should be trying to monetize that necessarily. Like let's, let's say you start a Patreon, right? And let's, let's say you get 150 members. I don't know. I got a calculator here. Let's say you get 150 members at $10 a month times 12 months. I mean, it's $18,000 a year. That's going to pay, you know, if you add in taxes and everything, it, that's going to pay what a quarter of an employee's salary. Is that worth it? I don't know. If you're a if you're a five million dollar a year business, you make eighteen grand. I don't know. I mean, I I don't think it would be worth it. And I I you know we're not a very big business. I I don't think it would be worth it for me. I'd rather give away the content and have people come buy from me than say I'm going to gate it behind a paywall. Maybe, maybe the content is like so amazing that, that I can then sell it. So I think if it's a business podcast in most scenarios, probably 99% of situations, monetizing your podcast as a business is not going to make that much sense. As an individual contributor or just a person, I think monetizing can make sense. If you feel like you can provide so much value that somebody will be, you've, you've cultivated a big enough following that people love your 
personal brand or whatever you want to call it. They just love you enough that they want more and you feel like you can provide more then go make your money. It's the same thing. It's the same thing I'm doing. And it's selfish of me as a business owner to say that you shouldn't do that. Yeah. You broke that down really well. I suppose that the short version of the answer is it depends, right? Because yeah. it's the, the, there's, like you said, there's no like yes or no. An- well, there is a yes or no answer, but it really depends on the person's situation and circumstances in the organization itself. Right. Okay. If you have, if you have, if you're getting 10 likes a day on Twitter or LinkedIn or Instagram or wherever you are, and you're like, I'm going to monetize my podcast. Good luck. You're just going to end up having zero listeners. Sure. Like you need to have a brand that people love that they feel like if I pay money, I'm going to really get something from this. Maybe you have a private community attached to your podcast where you're distributing, you know, very specific, um, you know, materials that you can only get within that community or, you know, whatever it is, maybe it is just a specific podcast that, you know, is breaking down complex subject matter and it has accompanying materials or whatever, but you better have something that Pete, you better have a personality that people love and you better have some content that people feel like is worth it. Um, Otherwise it can have, you know, I think an adverse effect on what you end up doing with it. Yeah. Yeah. I tend to agree with that. Um, Oh, you're going to have a field day with this one. What, what is one of the biggest challenges um, that you see facing the uh, podcasting industry right now? One of the biggest challenges facing the podcast industry. So I'm going to focus on B2B podcasting. Yes. Um, and I think one of the biggest challenges that's facing B2B podcasting right now is just companies understanding what it even is and the value that it brings. Um, you know, when I hear how many downloads did I get from this past episode, it makes me cringe. Um, because if that's the only question that you have, you're asking the wrong questions. And I know it doesn't always come from, um, you know, people that I talk to, you know, a lot of times it'll, it'll come from higher ups who don't know what they're, what they're even looking at. And, and, you know, if you look at something like, um, download numbers. Um, I, again, I use Buzzsprout. And so Buzzsprout has analytics from 105,000 podcasts. Um, if you get 28 downloads per episode, um, I, I think if you brought that to uh, the CEO of the company who didn't know much about podcasting and, and he or she said, how many downloads did we get? You said, I got 28 downloads on this, this episode that we were, that we released seven days ago. The CEO would be like, that's it. And my question would be, what, what do you mean that's it? What, tell me more about why, you're, why you say that. And, and the, the answer is it stems from nowhere. They don't know what they're, what they're talking about. And the, 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 furthermore, the answer is 28 downloads puts you in the top 50% of podcasts on 105,000 podcasts. So frankly, you know, Mr. or Miss CEO, you don't know what you're talking about. And I think that a lot of the B2B podcasting community is struggling with, I I think a lot of times justifying why we should launch a podcast. I think once it's launched, another thing that I'm hearing is uh, the CEO falls in love with the podcast and thinks it's one of the best things that the company is doing. Um, But I think the justification 
early on. So getting it started, like getting the, the approval to move forward with this strategy that is going to fuel your content, that's a struggle. And then the early pushback of when's this thing going live? Because it takes a little bit of time to get it going. When's this thing going live? And then what are the results? And then if you are a business that bases things on you know, um, MQLs and things like that. Like how many, how many forms did the podcast drive? I mean, then you're really going to struggle. Um, but what we've seen is, you know, once these, once our customers get to like the five episode level, I mean, I just start hearing the sales team loves the podcast. You know, the CEO loves the podcast. Everyone's so excited about this direction. Um, but the lack of education around it, because it's such a new medium, uh, just people struggle to get struggle to get started and, uh, you know, face a little bit of uh, pushback as it's getting up and running. So for me, that's probably the, just the biggest struggle that I see people dealing with is marketing knows this is an amazing opportunity and an amazing channel. Um, but others within the organization, especially when you have VCs and things like that, who want to do the same thing that they've always done, you know, go to an event, get names, have BDRs, reach out to those people um, and, and, and count how many leads you've got. Um, po podcasting is going to be a tough strategy for you. If your organization is, you know, 90% sales, 10% marketing. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, to your point about the uh, number of downloads, I mean, that one drives me crazy, too, because at the end of the day, like, OK, let's just say, for example, somebody says, OK, we had we had a thousand downloads in that one episode. Well, what are that? What are those thousand downloads? Then are those conversions? Mm -hmm. Are those are those people within your, your you know, to your point uh, from a couple of minutes ago, are those people within your niche? Mm -hmm. um, are those your potential buyers or are, they, are, are those people that are like, you, you know, just consuming this content? you know, while they're doing something else. Right. Yep. Hard, hard to say. Yeah. I mean, I run a, I, I run a podcast where, um, you know, the person who posts on LinkedIn gets a couple hundred engagements for every video that they post, but they get 50 downloads. So is that, you know, what, what are we, what do we look at here? I don't know. I'm going to look at the LinkedIn number. I mean, it's killing it. It's getting in front of people. It's getting in front of the right people. They're commenting on it. They're engaging with it. Um, it's, it's hard for me to point to one thing. It's more of a body of work. Um, and it's, it's hard to, uh, it's hard to quantify sometimes to people who don't appreciate, uh, you know, content marketing. And, and inbound yeah. marketing and getting people to, you know, buy into what it is that you're producing and getting them to love your brand. Exactly. Exactly. That's absolutely right. So just staying on the topic of um, podcasting for B2B tech, right? And repurposing content from said podcast. What is a, at least in that department, a status quo or a commonly held belief that you passionately disagree with and why? So one thing that I passionately disagree with is that your show your show should be entertaining or funny i don't think it can't be i think if you're naturally a funny person that's great for you um but i also think that uh, i could go listen to jason bateman's show who's a movie star and hilarious and makes killer comedies um along with 
you know, Will Arnett and they can, they're interviewing Adam Sandler. So like, why do I need you for funny? I think that B2B podcasting should be actionable and helpful for your specific niche audience that cares about the content that you're making. And it should help them to get better at their job. Um, again, I don't, I'm not, I don't hate fun. I promise. Um, you are welcome to be funny. Um, but I hear just too often, this show needs to be, uh, it, it needs to be different. It needs to be entertaining, but if you're competing with entertaining, you got to go against Mike Tyson, literally, like not figuratively, like there's heavyweights, like, no, like literally I want to go listen to Mike Tyson talk. Cause he's hilarious. Um, and so when you have that, I don't know. I don't want to go against that. I want to go against the people in my space who are creating content and I'm going to make better content than they are. I'm going to make content that you feel like you can't live without as a professional. And because I'm so niche in what I do that, you know, I'm speaking so directly to you. They are like every episode that Justin puts out, he is talking to me and I can't live without this show. And that will make you know, in B2B content creation, I believe that will push you further forward than trying to be entertaining. There are people in B2B who are entertaining and, and I think they are needles in a haystack and I'm not trying to dissuade them from doing what they enjoy and love, but at setting out to find lightning in a bottle like that, good luck. It'll be so much easier for you to focus on what does my ICP struggle with and how can I create a show that will help them? That, they, that if they listen to it afterward, they want to call me and say, Justin, thank you for making that episode. It cleared up X for me. There are ways to get people to love you without being funny or being kitschy and, you know, having shtick and, and what have you. Um, I know when I set out to listen to a, a business podcast, I'm heading out to get some, some, some education. I'm not heading out to get some entertainment. I've got those podcasts and I want, I come back to podcasts that I feel like help. That's a fair point, man. And, uh, just remind me to keep all my, um, the, the jokes I had up my sleeve to myself. <laughs> Again, I'm, I'm yeah. here. I'm here for the jokes. I'm here for, yeah. you know, a good time on podcasts. I love getting on podcasts and having engaging conversations, sometimes more lighthearted than others. Um, but if you're, if you're setting out for that, yeah, yeah. I, you are, you're setting yourself up for pain because it's hard. Uh, ask any stand-up comedian ever. Mm -hmm. it, it is hard to be funny. And when yeah. I did video production and people came to me and said, Justin, we're trying to make this video for our brand. We want it to be funny. Have you seen, hey, Justin, have you seen that video, uh, mm -hmm. the Dollar Shave Club? We want to be like that. And I'm like, oh, yeah, this video Oof. that costs $7,000 that was like yeah. the greatest internet ad of all time. Yet yeah, let's just recreate a completely viral ad with like it, setting out for that. Good luck. Yes. I mean, I wish you yeah. the best of luck wholeheartedly. Mm. Uh, and, and, and the odds are, are significantly stacked against you. But if you do succeed, props. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, just, <laughs> I'm just not going to do that. 
Yeah, no, because that's fair enough. That is it, it. I know that I can create something more with a higher likelihood of success that can still cut through, that can still mm-hmm. break through the noise without having shtick and without, um, you know, just, just setting myself up for a very difficult thing to, to go find. Or setting yourself up for disappointment if it doesn't yep. work out, right? Okay. So just to, just to you ever been to a stand-up up, yeah. show? You ever been to a stand-up show where yeah. the comedian bombed? It's yes. brutal. It, it is absolutely <laughs> it brutal. And, and you feel for that person. And what I try to stay away from from my clients is having them go back and listen to their show and 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 their the people in their space listen to their show and think. Oh my gosh. Good, good try. Yeah. <laughs> good yeah. try. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I commend the mm-hmm. effort versus, mm-hmm. Hey, let's identify who you're making content for and let's make that content amazing. Yeah. And that you can do. If you have a very keen eye on who you speak to, what problems they deal with and how you can help. They'll absolutely. come back to that kind of content. Yep. It will. You see it. No, absolutely. Absolutely. Justin. Thanks so much for, you know, sharing your experience and expertise with us and the listeners. Um, and yeah, just, just tell us a little bit about yourself and how, um, you know, how best to reach out and contact you. Yeah, for sure. And I promise I'm a nice, lighthearted guy. Um, <laughs> I bet you are. <laughs> <laughs> my, uh, my, my, um, my LinkedIn is Justin Brown Motion. You can connect with me there. And then our company is uh, motionagency.io. Um, feel free to set up time to talk to me, reach out on LinkedIn. I'm, I post just about every day. I'm very active. I talk about podcasting all the time. So if you're ever interested in podcasting tips, seeing what I have to say, um, LinkedIn is probably the best place. Perfect. Justin Brown, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for your time. Take care, be safe, and uh, talk to you soon. All right. Thanks, Christian. Thank you for joining us on this episode of the B2B Marketers on a Mission podcast. To learn more about what we do here at Einblick, please visit our website at www.einblick.co and be sure to subscribe to the show on iTunes or your favorite podcast player.